0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 119. And today, I'm going to be speaking about times of testing, uh, times of challenge, times of temptation. Actually, in the scripture, we're going to be looking at Jesus, uh, how Jesus navigated temptation. But the word temptation is also the same word, as testing. So when you read the word in the scripture in the New Testament, uh, testing or temptation interchangeable. So what we have, what we're going to be doing this morning is we're going to be looking at how Jesus models for us how to navigate challenging testing times without going under, right? It's without going under, without just being completely overwhelmed and giving in to our darkest side. So we're going to be looking at how Jesus handled or navigated times of temptation. You know, the scripture says that no test has overtaken you except what is common to people, meaning this is just a part of living in this world and being human. We will face seasons of great trial and tests. And I say seasons because it seems as though we can go on for quite a long time and everything's somewhat smooth and we think everything's fine and it's just rolling along nicely. And then the next thing we know, something happens And our world just turned upside down. I think actually in the last couple of years, we've all gone through a time of testing, whether we know it or not, the world has. Uh, But really anything uh, that comes to us and disrupts our world and causes causes us a lot of inner turmoil, I think it could be classified as a test. And I don't mean test as in, you know, God gives us a test to see what's going on, uh, whether we'll pass or fail. God already knows all about us. I think what tests do or challenging circumstances do, they show me about me, right? I get more insight into me When when I have a difficult conversation with someone. And I leave that conversation and I reflect on it. I think, no, that tells me something about me. You know, my response, my reactions. It tells me something about me. So, any kind of test really can give us insight into ourselves. So, one of the things that the the script, the New Testament, promises us is that, you know, there's nothing unusual about going through testing times. That's the way it is, or trials. And when I think about testing, I'm thinking about, I think it could be any kind of challenging situation. It could be a, a particular person. It could be a particular wound that you carry from the past. It could be something that's come into your life that just takes you way out of your comfort zone, right? So I think when you find yourself less tolerant, more impatient and angry, uh, that would point to, are you going through a testing time just now, you know? If If you're more withdrawn than you usually are or if you're less tolerant, you find yourself lacking in energy, you're more impatient. I think all of these things and more can point to stress and a prolonged unsettled time. It's what the biblical language is, a desert experience. Yeah, when Jesus is in the desert and he's tested. That's the text this morning. When Jesus is in the desert, he's tested. Now, so you can imagine the desert, I mean, it's sort of like a metaphor for a dry place, a lonely place, a place of challenge. In some way, you feel like you're on your own, even if you've got people around you. Oftentimes, tests are sort of lonely things that you have to go through yourself. Now, we're all gonna be tested in different ways. Uh, Because we're different ages, and I think that that different uh, tests uh, come to us at different ages. For example, a 14-year-old boy will not have the same test as a 90-year-old woman, right? Uh, Different countries go through uh, different kinds of tests. Here in the West, for example, we have a lot of struggle with spending way too much time with media. That would never have been an issue in Jesus' day. That's never discussed, it's never spoken about, because uh, the tests were different. Now, but, however, I should add, the nature of temptation, the nature of testing is always the same throughout the centuries, throughout the millennium. Uh, The nature of temptation is similar. Now, in this classic Luke passage of, of Jesus' temptation, he's in the desert. And he's alone and he's hungry. And the text tells us that the accuser comes along, the devil comes along, Diablos comes along and asks him to turn the stones into bread because he's hungry and Jesus refuses. The second test is Diablo says, why don't you bow down to, down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world? Why don't you use, why, why don't you do that and, and, and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world? Bow down, to, bow down to me. Don't bother with God. Just put God to the side. And Jesus refuses. And the third temptation is, why don't you throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple? God will surely... Send God's angels to help you. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in going into these three temptations because I really want to get at the nature of temptation in this talk. We don't have time to go through all, every single part of it. Um, basically, what's happening here is, we're, first of all, we're not going to be tempted in exactly the same way because we don't have any power, literally, to turn stones into bread. Right? So uh, these are Jesus' temptations. Our temptations are going to be different. But here's the thing that is common with these three temptations of Jesus. Each one, Diablos comes along, the false accuser. And the temptation is for Jesus, and this is going to be the same for us. Maybe you should consider. Since you're in the desert, since you're going through a challenge, since you're in a really, really hard place, maybe you should consider doing something yourself and not looking to God. Now, it's not going to be, it's going to be very, very subtle. It's going to be very, very subtle. But I think the bottom line with temptation is always this the whisper is, you know. You're on your own here and God can't be trusted. I mean, not totally. You're going to have to take things into your own hands and you're going to have to do whatever you can do to save yourself. Again, it might not be forefront in our mind, but I think you'll notice this when you you think about going through any kind of testing time. One of the things that's fascinating about this passage with Jesus being tempted in the desert is is that it happens at the very beginning of his ministry. So context is always important when you look at a Bible uh, passage. It's like, what's going on here? Where is it set? What's the full story? Well, the full story is is that it's right at the very start of everything. He's just been baptised and a resolution's been made. The heavens open up, the spirit of God descends, and a voice from heaven says, this is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. It's like, he belongs to God. This is God's son. God's saying, I love him, I'm pleased with him, I'll take care of him. So very, very clear, important, encouraging message. Right at the beginning, before he's called his disciples, before he has performed any miracles, before he's given any teaching, it's like the heavens open up and say, Jesus, this, you're my son. You're the beloved. And that's just happened. You're my son. You're the beloved. That's just happened. And Luke tells us then immediately after that, he goes into this time of great challenge and in the desert and the voice says if you are the Son, command these stones to turn to bread. If you are the Son. The tempter calls into question really? Are you really the Son? Are you really the Son of God? Are you sure God's going to look after you? Are you sure that God can be trusted? You're hungry. Maybe better take things into your own hands, don't you think? You're hungry. You're tired. You're lonely. You're in the desert. This is a trial. How do you know that God's going to help you? Maybe God won't help you. And I wonder if this is the bottom line with any kind of challenge and test. I wonder if that comes to our mind You know, at some level, am I on my own to make this work? Because when we think that we're all by ourselves, when we think that we're all alone, you know, if I think I'm all alone in something, I'm far more likely to act independently of God and try and take control of my life and make things happen or try to stop... Making things happen. It's both they're both they're both exhausting, right? It's, we both we're taking control. Right? If I'm thinking that God can't be trusted, I'm either moving into anxiety and stress, or I'm frantically trying to control people and their choices or fix their problems. I'm tested to believe it's all up to me. I've got to fix this because I'm on my own here. And if this family's gonna survive, I'm gonna to have to make it happen. If this relationship's gonna survive, I'm gonna to have to make it happen. If I'm gonna thrive in this place, I'm gonna to have to make it happen. If I don't lose my job, I'm gonna to have to make this happen. Yeah, see it's too it's too self-centered. Temptation often focuses on what I think I lack. And whatever it is that I lack, the temptation is well, you know that God can't help you with this, and you're gonna to have to work this out by yourself. Yeah, it's the bottom line. I think that's I think that's what that temptation is, you know, and it's most basic. I have a need. And uh, it's not getting met, so I'll have to figure out a way to get this need met. Actually, way, way back, we see this in, in Genesis, right? This is the whole story of Adam and Eve. It's the exact same pattern here. Only Adam and Eve give in, right? They act independently. Because with Adam and Eve, God says, they're in paradise. They have everything they need. They're walking with God in the cool of the day. It's a beautiful poem. And God says, okay, you can eat from any tree, but don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because if you eat that particular fruit, you're going to die. You will die. And then the serpent appears with a question. Hey, did God say that you can't eat any fruit? Oh, no. Adam and Eve say, We 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 can eat we can eat the fruit. We just we just can't eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because then we die. And the serpent says, Oh no, 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 that's not true. God can't be trusted. You won't die. You won't die if you eat from that fruit. Uh-uh. No, no. Tell you what, God knows that if you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, yeah. So what is he saying? God's holding out on you. You better move yourself and you better take it because nobody else is going to help you, right? Nobody else is going to help you. It's all up to you. you got to make this happen however you do it. you got to make it happen. Yeah, I wonder if temptation is, is, I wonder if that's a component. It's always about I know what's best. I, I know I know what God says, I know I'm supposed to wait, and I know I'm supposed to trust, and but you know what? I'm I'm kind of scared. God's not going to be there for me, and I have my reasons for doing this. And then we just move ahead. And we just move ahead. And I don't think it's necessarily a conscious level all the time. It might be a subconscious drive to react, you know, in some way. But it it it's like. If I don't do something now, nothing's ever going to change. If I don't just barge on ahead, even though I'm not really sure about God's guidance, I don't even know what that is, and I don't know if I've checked in with God or anything, but we just go off on our own to do our own thing. Like we're acting independently, right? Because as followers of Christ, right, we're, the idea is, is that we're in a relationship with Christ, Right, We're checking in. We're together in this. We're yoked together. We're partnered. Every time Jesus is tempted to take control, every time he's tempted to manipulate a situation or go off in a wrong direction or uses his, use his power in, in the wrong way, and we all have power, um, he counters each suggestion, each alternative with no. No, 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 I'm trusting God. That's Jesus' baseline. No, 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 I'm trusting God. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it that way. That's always the default. So Jesus models for us what Adam and Eve failed to do. Now, in the text, he, he quotes scripture back to Diablos. And, and I think, really, that's not just about, you know, memorizing a Bible verse and then when you're in a tough place, you know, Saying it out loud, <laughs> right? I mean, not that there's not benefit to some of that, but I think what he's doing is is that he's going back to his core belief, which is, I am trusting in my heavenly Father to take care of me. no matter what. Adam and Eve, on the other hand, grab the power. I don't know if God can be trusted. We need to do this ourselves, And they are driven by fear and insecurity. And it's their fear and their insecurity that lead the way. Not a good energy to be led by, is it? Can make an awful lot of mistakes led by fear and insecurity. Yeah, Jesus said no in the desert. And, and again, desert experiences. I'm thinking about areas in our lives where we feel lack, where we have an emptiness, where there's a need. A Desert experience. Like Jesus, it's a place where we feel vulnerable. It's in the vulnerable places that we are tested to not trust. It's like, who or what do you depend on? It's the desert times, the testing times, the hard times, the challenging times, the suffering times, that there's sort of a wrestling that goes on internally. And the wrestling ultimately is, okay, who's, who, who am I going to depend upon? Is it going to be me ultimately, or am I going to depend on God? You know, there's definitely something about this wrestling inside us. Actually, it was St. Paul that said, I don't know what's wrong with me, said, it's like, I, I, I do what I don't want to do. What I don't want to do, I do. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me, he says. And he's basically pointing out this struggle that we have at certain seasons where we really feel like we're, Sometimes fighting against ourselves, that's, that's a temptation. That's a test. That's a test. You know, we're, a, we're a strange mix, because you know, we want to depend on God, but we hate to give up control, and that's a hard place to be. We want to rely on God, but we want things done our way. And that's why we get tired, right? That's why we get tired in the desert. We want to trust God but we don't want to lose control. And again, you know, our tests are so different depending on our age and our gender and where we're coming from. Some of us are worrying about money or running out of it. Some of us are worried about or sickness that we're struggling with or a loved one's sickness. Some of us are feeling vulnerable or just not very sure. Um, Some of us are in marriages that are far from perfect. Some of us have horrible jobs or no job, you know, and then you you think, boy, will God really help me here? What is going to become of me? What will happen? And we can either use these times of testing to go deeper and learn from this pain. I mean, learn from this pain, basically, I'm saying, you know, it's a time where we can learn how to depend on God. That's the lesson. Will you depend on God? What is it going to be in the desert? What is it going to be? How are you going to live? How are you gonna live in the desert? Because we can't avoid the desert, right? We can't avoid the test. We can't avoid the challenge. And how fascinating that Luke tells us that it was the spirit that drove him into the desert. So he's baptized, he's committed to following his heavenly father and the spirit drove him into the desert which never really made much sense to me before. But I thought this week, wow, that's interesting. If the Spirit of God, the energy of God, drives him into the desert, that means that he's not alone in the desert. You know, that's the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of God dwells in us, right? The Spirit of God, the Comforter, the Advocate, so many beautiful names of the Holy Spirit. But it's always about, look, you're not on your own to work things out. The spirit dwells in you. The power of God, dunamis, the power of God is with you. And that is a tremendous comfort when we go through challenging times. Uh, Just to be reminded that it's not up to us, to figure everything out because that can be really stressful can't it if 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 you think that it's only you you you're the one that has to figure this out you're the one that's going to have to make this work or you're the one that's going to have whatever it is that puts an awful lot of pressure on us but then the spirit comes along and says no no i'm with you and i'm going to give you what you need And that's what we trust. You know, we trust that God is going to come through for us in whatever way that we need. You know, trust is knowing what's your part to do and what is not your part to do. Trust is being led by the right motives. Trust is knowing when to stop and knowing when to go ahead. Trust is knowing when to move ahead courageously and, and know, or just wait, just be still. Yeah, trust is like it's being in a relationship. It's a communion. It's a partnership with Christ. It's like we're together in this. There's lots of ways of talking about it. St. Paul called it walking in the spirit, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's definitely the idea that We're not going through our lives alone figuring stuff out, but Emmanuel's with us. And that's the heart cry. That's the prayer that when we go through our times of testing or our seasons of trial, it's like, God, help us to hold on to this and receive comfort from this and receive strength for this. Thank you. That your spirit is with me, helping me every step of the way. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.